You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. good everybody welcome to the latest episode of the voice junkie podcast i'm your host charles west i got a lot of topics for y'all this week man that's a lot of topics so let me jump right into it first i'm gonna start off with the google announcement yesterday or google event where google announced a whole bunch of products that it's going to release within the next few weeks you got routers uh you've got um home assistants that's uh, going to be in competition with Alexa's, I mean, um, Amazon's Alexa. Uh, you got uh, new software. You got, you know, the most important part that I'm going to cover, phone. So, you know, let's jump into the phone because the other stuff is like you can, you can go and pull up a tech blog and, and find out more about all the other products in, in more detail. The Verge or in gadget, you know, et cetera. Any, any tech site of your choosing, they'll cover it in more detail. I'm just going to focus primarily on the phone, which is what people care about anyway, because it affects everyone's life, because everyone has a phone. So they released a new phone. Usually Google, when they uh, promote a phone, usually when they back a phone, it's like a Nexus phone, you know, which is pretty much spawned from their developer program. But this time around, they completely did away with the Nexus branding. Now, I don't know if the Nexus branding as a whole is dead or not, but far as, uh, you know, their newest and latest uh, announcement and, you know, yesterday, you know, they're not using a Nexus brand. So they're using instead Pixel. Now, the phone is called Pixel made by Google, basically. So... The Pixel name is comes from, you know, when they created their high-end Chromebooks. The high-end Chromebooks that they created, you know, I think it's been a few years now since the first one came out. Um, that's where the name came from. So now they're keeping that same synergy and, you know, naming their phone the same thing as that. So it's supposed to represent high quality, high performance. And that's where they pretty much, you know, are using the Pixel name. So... Basically, how does the phone look? Well, the phone, I mean, let's be honest, kind of looks like an iPhone. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to, you know, throw dirt on what Google did yesterday because they did do some different things. And I have to give them credit for that. And I'm going to jump into that. First of all, they have, uh, you know, uh, first of all, they kept the headphone jack. That's something that, you know, Apple got did away with with the iPhone 7. And they did that. They got Type C quick charging uh, capabilities. They have, um, you know, the, the whole chamfered edges, the whole, you know, the whole look, the whole nice feel that you would get with an iPhone. Um, one thing they did do differently was that they added this little glass pane in the back of the phone. So it's like this this piece of glass at the back of the phone that gives it this nice touch, this nice finish, and this nice gloss. And... I, I I heard from the sites that it's supposed to help with the reception with the antennas, et cetera, et cetera. They also have a little antenna band at the bottom of the phone, which is strange to me because it's like, well, if you added the glass piece at the top to help out the reception, why add the antenna band at the bottom? 
So, you know, so it has a similar antenna band that you see in like the 6 line, the iPhone 6 line and the 6S. Um, also, they had three colors. So this is what Google does that's really good. And it's it's what you know people call in the industry kind of uh, googly. Uh, I know that's a corny ass pun, but anyway, three colors. They got an all black color that they call quiet black. They have an all blue. Well, actually not all blue because the front of the fold is still white. Uh, the bezels are white, but it's you know about ninety percent blue. I mean, it is, and they call that blue really blue. And if you see the pictures. It's really blue. They're not lying about it. And their last color is uh, very silver. So if you see like a silver iPhone, basically, that's how it kind of looks. Like a all silver, white um, um, front, and, you know, and, and yeah, and that. So, you know, you got the glass pane on the back. You, you don't have a protruding uh, camera lens sticking out. Like, you know, how the iPhone is, it has the camera lens that sticks out. Some people are, you know, into it. Some people aren't into it. But Google <clears throat> elected to stay away from that, you know, thankfully. Uh, that's one trend that I hope goes away soon. But, yeah, pretty much. That's, that's, the, that's the Google phone. It comes with the Android N software, which is Android Nougat. Uh, you got to love Google for these uh, catchy frame, uh, these catchy uh names that they name their software after, you know, you know, it's jelly bean, you got, you know, nougat now. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting, but yeah, I, I, I the, the starting price of the phone is going to be $649 for a 32 gigabyte model. I think it goes up to 128. I believe it does. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's a $649 phone. That's going to go and compete directly with Apple. Um, it's very high end. It's a nice phone. My my one issue is is it's not. It is an issue really. And I talk I talked to uh, a couple of folks, you know, a couple of my peoples on Twitter about this, and the pricing, the pricing. And I understand these types of things are very hard to. Um, someone's car alarm is going off. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Sorry, we're in the city, folks. But yeah. One of my issues with Google is the fact that um, it's kind of falling into the same trap that everyone has fallen into from the last few years, whether it's Samsung, whether it's Microsoft, whether, you know, whoever, whatever manufacturer is. What happens is they do compete on quality. I give you that. Lots and lots of lots and lots of Android phones do complete, uh, compete with Apple on quality. They've caught up to Apple on quality. However, and software, uh, thanks to Google. But the problem that a lot of these manufacturers have is that they can't compete or really take away market share from Apple because they want to not only compete with them head on when it comes to quality and 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 um, you know services, but they also want to compete head on with Apple by offering the same goddamn price. So well, what do I mean by that? If you want to take market share away from Apple and you want to persuade customers to look at your phone instead of Apple's phone, you got to lower the price. So in my in, in, in Google's case with the Pixel phone, I wouldn't have started the entry level phone at, you know, 649. I would have probably started it at, I don't know, 599. 
you know, take $50 off the top and give people a real, real choice because let's that's, that's be real. You know, I love Google. I love their products. I think the Pixel's awesome, but let's keep it real. I'm not the average Joe customer. The average Joe customer knows absolutely nothing about pure Android experience phones, whether it's Nexus, whether it's this Pixel now. They don't know anything about that. What they know is Samsung Galaxy and Apple iPhone. Trust me, I know I work in retail, and I tell you, that's what it really is. That's what it all boils down to. There's a small, teeny, teeny percentage of people who understands the value of having a pure Android phone, a pure Android experience, but not many do. So my thing is, if you give the customer the choice of, for, for, if they got $649 in their pocket, and you give them the option of choosing the iPhone 7, which they know, they know Apple, or this unknown, relatively unknown Google Pixel phone. They're going to choose Apple nine times out of 10, or at least seven out of 10, because they know that. That's an established brand. They know that. There's like, hey, if I pour my hard-earned money of $649 into a phone, into a product that I'm going to have for one or two years... I'm going to go with the product that I know best, and that's the Apple iPhone. So that's the issue that I have with these manufacturers. They make the same goddamn mistake every single time, and it, it just fails. It fails. I think Google missed the opportunity with the price. It, is it worth $649 entry level? Yes, absolutely. But they're not in a situation where they can compete with Apple head on on price. They have to undercut that price, you know, just a little bit. And I think if they would have came in in the front door with $599 out the gate and you bring that to customers, then they think about it. They're like, whoa, this looks just like the iPhone and it's $50 less than the iPhone. I might choose this phone. And $50 makes all the difference in the world when you're trying to save a little money. And, you know, that's my issue with that. I, that was my only issue with the Pixel phone. But, yeah, that's the Pixel phone. Moving on now. Let's move on to the unfortunate. Or is it unfortunate? And let me not say that. Let's move on to the unfortunate incident that happened with Kim Kardashian out in France. Um, for those of you who don't know, Kim Kardashian was robbed for all her jewels in her hotel suite or her you know, uh, private apartment or whatever that she was renting. Uh, supposedly, according to Kim, there was a few uh, armed men in, in ski masks or whatever the case may be that were uh, who had police jackets on that raided her apartment while she was in there in the wee hours of the morning and robbed her of over $10 million in jewels. She claimed that they... Tied her up, put her in the bathroom, tied her up, put her in the tub, et cetera, et cetera. So everything that you can think of that's terrible about a home invasion, you know, whether you've heard it from a newspaper, your local news station, or from a movie. That's basically what happened to Kim K. And, you know, obviously going through something like that, she was shook up about it. And, you know, uh, she, you know, had to fly out, you know, relatively soon, which was weird because the police didn't really question her. 
et cetera, et cetera. Kanye West was um, briefed of what happened to her. Like, I mean, the guy was literally in the middle of a set at a show, uh, you know, getting ready to perform Heartless, and they had to pull him to the side and tell him that, you know, what happened. And, you know, he then apologized to the crowd and told him that he had to slice off, basically, because, you know, it was a family emergency. So this is what happened. Now, there's these weird theories coming out. Now, obviously, you know Kim Kardashian and her family. They are reality TV, you know, that's they're the elite when it comes to reality TV. Their whole lives is a reality show. So there's a going around theory that believes that this whole thing could have been a hoax. Now, I hope, I hope, I sincerely hope for her case that this was a legit incident that she went through. Because for any tiny bit of sympathy that she might have gotten from this, from, you know, a select amount of people... It'll go right out the window if it ever turns out that she actually made this up to get some ratings for her show and her family show. Um, you know, there's a lot of theories. I mean, you guys can look into it. There, you can, you know, look into the, you know, go on your Facebook timeline and look at all your gossip sites. There's theories saying now some of the theories are, you know, it makes you wonder. It makes you think. I mean, one theory is like, you know, well, if this is something, a burglary of over $10 million, why didn't the uh, French police, law enforcement, hold Kim Kardashian until they were totally done with questioning her on what happened? I mean, after the incident was done, she was allowed to just fly back home on a private jet like nothing ever happened. So, you know, that's putting off, you know, people far as sending out a lot of red flags far as, hey, you know, did this really happen? You know, uh, another theory is, you know, she's always bigging up her security guard, even that, you know, the day before that happened or the, uh, the night before or whatever the case may be. She was bigging up her security guard. I mean, she flew the guy out, you know, on her private jet and. You know, all of a sudden, he's nowhere to be found. He's out with your your sisters partying or whatever he's doing when, you know, at your darkest hour when you need him the most. He's nowhere to be found. Now, that could be a coincidence or it could be some, you know, something that could be potentially nefarious. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just going to take the benefit of the doubt and just take it at for what it's worth that you know something terrible happened to her luckily she didn't you know it wasn't worse i mean these guys if this was true these guys could have really had her had their way with her they could have beat her up they could have raped her god forbid raped her i mean that would have been horrible that would have been horrifying but none of that happened thankfully she didn't she wasn't even physically harmed they just came in and took her jewels now like I said, man, I'm going to take it for what it's worth. She's never, you know, come out or no one from her family has ever come out with, you know, such a, you know, such a terrible lie like this, a staged lie like this. So I'm just going to take it for what it's worth. I'm not going to hammer her like the Twitter nuts or the Twitter offies that be, you know, tweeting anonymously through their little private profiles or whatever the case may be. And, you know. 
and, and making jokes of this situation. You know, I'm gonna take it for what it's worth. If it's a, you know, she's, you know, they reporting that it's a serious situation, I'm gonna believe that it's a serious situation. So I'm gonna just leave that at that. You know, I'm just gonna hope that I don't hear a story within the next week or so that's piecing together this elaborate lie just to boost up ratings to you know the the horrible, awful Kardashian show. So yeah, man. Let's jump into my next issue with uh it's not even an issue. It's basically a story about Ric Flair, the nature boy. Woo! 16-time world heavyweight champion, the nature boy. Nature boy Ric Flair, man, stirred up a bunch of controversy when he announced on his podcast. I don't even know how it happened. I didn't listen to the episode. But he basically insinuated well he didn't insinuate he basically flat out came out and said yeah i i smashed Halle Berry. i smashed Halle Berry around the time she was married to david justice now i don't know the language i don't know if she uh i think she divorced you know she had recently divorced david justice and then he said that you know he smashed um now, if you know, Halle Berry was married to David Justice. This was, I believe, this was like the middle of the 90s. This probably be, it had to be. I could be wrong. You guys could fact check this. But I think it was around 95. You know, then, you know, later on, she ended up divorcing. You know, the marriage didn't last long because apparently, according to her at the time, he was physically abusive to her. And uh, so they later divorced. But I think they were married around the middle of the 90s. Now. A whole day goes by, or a couple days go by after Ric Flair puts this claim out to the media. So the media builds it up, and then it finally reaches Halle Berry's camp. And, of course, her publicist comes out and says, you know, denies it and says, you know, this is, you know, something that's completely made up by Ric Flair. And Halle Berry doesn't even know who, she never even heard of Ric Flair. And... That, you know, the whole, then goes into the whole thing about his comments being misogynistic, yada, 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 sexualizing women, you know, the, the, you know, the, the whole thing that you would expect. But it got me to thinking about that statement a little much more deeper. I was playing a little game of Clue, right? So follow the leads here, people. If Ric Flair is lying, and, and maybe he is lying, but... I, I'm going to go and err on the caution of believing this dude and, say, and, and what he's saying. Why would he just come out and say, first of all, first of all, I am a wrestling fan. And I don't think I've ever announced that to you guys, but I'm a wrestling fan. I've been watching wrestling since I was a little, little, little adolescent child. Wild and everything. Doing wrestling moves, fighting in the neighborhoods, wrestling in the neighborhoods, I mean... Uh, the whole night, reenacting moves and, the, you know, everything. I was a nut when it came to this stuff. So I know the history of it. I know the wrestlers. I know the legends, the icons. And Ric Flair, from what I know, from what I've heard over the years or whatever the case may be, when it comes to women, he doesn't really, he's unabashful about it. And he really doesn't name drop like that, but he also really from what I I've, I've heard, you know, I don't know. 
you guys, whoever listened to this, who are wrestling fans, maybe can attest to something else. But from what I've heard, I've never really heard the guy lie on his, you know, on his, on his Johnson. So if he says he smashed Holly Berry in the mid nineties, then I'm going to kind of believe him until proven otherwise. But again, let's get back to what I was mentioning about following the clues. First of all, the publicist messed up by saying Holly Berry's never heard of Ric Flair. Come on now. Do we believe that you, Holly Berry, never heard of the nature boy Ric Flair? Now, you got to remember this. At this time that Ric Flair is claiming, Ric Flair is still on top of the world. He might have been world heavyweight champion in WCW at this time. So he's on top of the world. So let's, okay, let's break down the clues here. David Justice, her ex-husband, was playing for, he was a, a you know, an all-star player for the Atlanta Braves. Who owns the Atlanta Braves, you ask? Or I'm going to ask you, who owns the Atlanta Braves? A man named Ted Turner. Okay, why is Ted Turner important? Ted Turner owns the Atlanta Braves. He owns TBS, the, the, the cable channel. And he owns TNT, Turner Movie Classics. You get the point. The guy's loaded rich. Billionaire. Billionaire Ted. That's what they called him, uh, WWF, when they did their little spoof. But anyway, Billionaire Ted. He owns the Atlanta Braves. Where was Ric Flair wrestling at the time? WCW. Ric Flair was wrestling for WCW. Why is WCW important, you ask? Guess who owns WCW as well at this time? Ted Turner. So the clues, follow the clues back. Ted Turner is the centerpiece of the whole mystery here. So I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure, I'm positively sure when David Justice signed that contract to play for the Atlanta Braves, Halle Berry or, or, or even if she didn't, she wasn't around when he signed that contract. Let's just say she wasn't around when he signed that contract, which was pretty big at the time. Ted Turner owns the Atlanta Braves. So I'm pretty sure she had at some point at some ballroom dinner at some whatever uh, gathering somewhere met Ted Turner. She had to meet Ted Turner. So she had to know that Ted Turner owned WCW and Ted Turner was really, he was cool with Ric Flair. So to say that you didn't, you don't know who Ric Flair is, who's, who's one of the greatest wrestling superstars of all time. To say that you don't know him or never heard of him is, I'm going to take a word from Stephen A. Smith, blasphemous. I don't believe that one minute that you never heard of Ric Flair, especially if the two of you are operating in the same place, Atlanta, Georgia, which is headquarters of TNT and Ted, uh, T uh, Ted uh, Turner Broadcasting is the headquarters. It's in Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves, which uh, David Justice plays for. You put two and two together and tell me that that don't sound a little fishy to you. So I'm going to just leave that there. You know, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe the story. I'm going to take. Uh, what Ric Flair said. Until I see other clues leading into me not believing that, or someone else comes out and takes either side. Right now it says he said, she said. And you got to pick a side, unfortunately. I'm going to pick Ric Flair's side. The 16-time 
World Heavyweight Champion. Woo! So, what about the vice president debate? Uh, did any one of you guys watch the vice president debate uh, last night? I mean, I caught it a little late, and I'm glad I did. It was a fucking snooze fest, man. It was a total snooze fest. You had Mike Pence, the vice president nominee to Donald Trump, and you had Tim Kaine, the vice presidential uh, pick from Hillary Clinton. And you had uh, CBS. I don't remember who the moderator was. It it doesn't matter because they were so irrelevant during the whole, you know, debate. But anyway, CBS was in charge of this debate. Uh, Last, you know, the last debate between Donald and Hillary was, you know, done by Lester Holt of NBC. And this one was done by CBS. The the, uh, The topics were absolutely atrocious. This... You know what, honestly, this whole debate was centered or or directed towards people that were probably 65 and older. Because it was a bunch, it felt like it was watching, it was like I was watching a debate between two guys that should, that, that probably, if you put them in a, if you put them in a, in in a goddamn uh, time machine 20 years ago, they would be saying the same thing. It was really out of date. It was about foreign policy, Russia. They spent like 20, 30, I swear they spent like 20 plus minutes on Russia alone. Who gives a shit about Russia? Nobody that's under 40 gives a shit about Russia. They're irrelevant. They're relevant to our day-to-day lives. So it would have been nice if you guys would have talked about, I don't know, the economy? The fact that college kids can't really find work outside of their, you know, outside of school. The fact that, you know, half of the country is pretty much broke. How about we talk about real issues, not Vladimir Putin. Who gives a shit about Vladimir Putin? But anyway, they they centered around, you know, nuclear weapons, Iran, uh, you know, the, the Iraq war and Russia and... You know, all of these unimportant issues that nobody gives a crap about, you know. And then the, the framing of what they were saying, too, was kind of right wing framing. It was like, well, in 19 or 18, 19 years when Social Security goes bankrupt or, or you know, becomes a liability, what are you going to do to it? And if you don't understand framing, if you don't understand how these 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 pundits, these these uh, media bubbles do things, how they frame issues, then that is a perfect example. They're talking about when uh, Social Security goes, you know, isn't solvent in the next 18 years. Instead of framing it in a way of saying, hey, Social Security has a couple trillion dollars surplus. They don't never say this about Social Security. It has a couple trillion dollars surplus. That means it's not in the red. It's healthy. It's one of the healthiest things we got going in this country. But they tell you differently in the media. You know why? Because they want you to think that Social Security is a problem. And you know what? Since it's a problem, we want you to believe that you need to cut it. Cut, cut, cut. So we can give more tax breaks to our rich friends. That's what that's code for. Cut Social Security. So we can 
kick back more tax benefits to rich people. So the, the whole damn debate was tone deaf. I'm glad I missed half of it because I wasn't missing anything. Probably would have put me to sleep earlier. But uh, from what I've seen, I think that Tim Kaine, you know, I guess won the debate. Nobody really won watching it. But if you was going to score points, I think Tim Kaine won the debate because he attacked Donald Trump with his own with, with facts, using, you know, facts and using his own words against him. And that was the whole narrative. He had to attack Trump. And he got the message across. That's what he had to do. So other than that, nobody was really a winner far as the American people is concerned. Because we learned absolutely nothing. We've seen established candidate A and established candidate B. And anybody who doesn't follow politics didn't really learn shit from it. So what's what's less on my list? Let me look at my list here. Okay, yeah, yeah. I got to jump into the Meek Mill and Beanie Siegel slash game beef. I got to jump into that. This happened last week. A bunch of stuff happened with Meek Mills and the game. Uh, First of all, the game and Meek Mill is in this beef. And, you know, they're throwing back diss tracks, you know, the whole nine. First of all, games. (laughs) Let's just talk about games pest control. It was. it was some real, real fire, man. That's probably the best disc record I've heard in a long time. I mean, that thing was brutal. I mean, games should be arrested for bullying. That's how intense, that's how insane that pest control record was. I mean, those lyrics was like, ooh, you gr- you just, gr- you grind your teeth and scrunch your face up like, ooh, he had to do that to him like that. But, you know. Game Meek beefing over, you know, a whole bunch of different things. I'm not going to jump into it in great detail, but, you know, you know, the whole beef started because Sean Kingston got robbed and, you know, Meek Mills did some rat shit by, you know, conspiring with uh, Sean Kingston by getting the game questioned by the police and et cetera, et cetera. Beanie Siegel got dragged into it. Because, you know, that's what Meek Mills does. He drags other artists into his beefs because he can't handle his own beefs. But that's what happened. So Beanie Siegel got dragged into the beef, which in turn made Game go after Beanie Siegel on the pest control record. And, I mean, if you heard the record, man, oh, man, he went hard on Beans. And I love Beans, man. But, damn, I was like, you didn't have to do Beans like that. You didn't have to do Beans like that, player. You didn't have to do it like that. But... You know, he got at him real hard. But Beanie Siegel, you know, later on, you know, all this stuff happened. He said what he said. And then, you know, somebody from um, Meek Mill's camp sucker punched Beanie Siegel backstage at a Puff Daddy um, event that he was doing for Bad Boy. So he sucker punched Beanie Siegel. Turns out Beanie Siegel knew this guy. This is a guy that he used to, you know, his he used to hang out with his father. And, and they got this whole Muslim Brotherhood thing, yada, yada, yada. Beanie Siegel went on the Tax Season podcast, which I think is pretty good. Uh, shout out to Tax Season. He went on the Tax Season podcast and basically talked, talked uh, you know, real man shit. I mean, he was going in deep about just being a man and standing for something and really kind of reminding the new generation of who he was, which was sad because he really had to do that. He, he felt he went on. The first thing he said when he went on there is like, look, 
I felt that I had to do this podcast because if you let the if you let a lie linger around long enough, it becomes the truth. And that's the truth. That is the truth by the truth. <laughs> you know, by you know, uh and and he came on the podcast, he told him the whole backstory between Meek Mill and how that whole situation ended up with the game, what he said to the game, et cetera, et cetera. You got to find that. It's the return of, I think it's called the return of the truth, uh, the return of the Mac, Beanie Siegel, or something like that. It's on tax season, the podcast. That's on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, enough t- enough plugging him. But um, it's really, really deep. He dove in you know, on some real, real man-type stuff. And, you know, it got me thinking, really. It's like... We, we, you know, like Beanie said on the podcast, it's like we're, we're now in a time now where social media dictates the narrative for everything. So whatever people see on their timelines, it becomes gospel. They don't do the research. They don't do anything to really dig in deep when it comes to a story. Instead, they just take what they see and what they hear and run with it. And I agree with Beanie, you know, I, I, I agree with Beanie. Just don't believe in everything you see on Instagram and Twitter and all these types of things. Do some goddamn research, you know, and, 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 and it's just like, you know, that's just um, that's the culture we're living in right now. So, you know, check that interview out. It was pretty good, man. I, I admit, I, I, you know, he, he also got on a little freestyle. He did a cut, dropped a few bars yesterday, uh, last night when they aired the uh, BT hip-hop awards, and I'm not even going to get into that. That's a whole nother thing I can jump into. I might do a video for that because I haven't even seen it, actually. I just seen the, I just see the state property freestyle with, you know, Petey Crack, Oskino, uh, I mean, not Oskino, Sparks, and Emilio, you know, Emilio and, you know, Neef Buck. I, it was really good to see because I grew up listening to the state property click. I brought the record, so... To see them back together to do that was was like bringing back really, really good memories. But anyway, yep, the Beanie Siegel, Meek, Meek Mill, or should I say Misha Mills beef is really, really crazy. And for those of you who really, really back, you know, Meek Mills and what he's doing. First of all, at this point, guys, why even back a guy like that? The guy has taken so many L's that... It's not even it, it it it's sad now. Like you can't seriously think that Meek for any first of all, let's just get this out the way. The only people that should be having Meek Mills back right now is his family and close friends. If you are on the outside of that and you still back this dude saying, Oh, he hard, he this, he that, then you the corny motherfuckers right now that's bringing the hip hop game down. That's bringing the realness to a level that it's never been. And that's below, below average realness out here right now. You can't back a guy who takes a million different L's, who's a cornball. No real street cred, just a loudmouth cornball. Like Beanie said, facts. Dude is a cornball. If you don't see that at this point and you still a Meek Mill supporter, then man, oh man. Something your brain is broken, and you need to get psychologically evaluated. Yep. So let's move on to something. I actually I wasn't even gonna talk about this. I was gonna talk about. I'm gonna jump into some more wrestling, man. 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to actually cover more wrestling for you guys because um, it's something that I like to watch occasionally. I'm not deep into it like I used to be as a child or a young teen. But, you know, I, I still know a little something, something. But, yeah, I just wanted to talk real quick about AJ Styles, man. AJ Styles. If you don't know who AJ Styles is, AJ Styles is, you know, former TNA superstar, former, you know, New Japan wrestling superstar. The guy's a real deal. He's like an international superstar when it comes to wrestling in the ring. And now that he's in the WWE, it's this big deal because, you know, he's never been there and he's able to keep his name, et cetera, et cetera. But Anyway, let me stop talking to circles here. First of all, I just want to give a shout out to WWE for really, really hitting the nail on the head with this AJ Styles. Uh, they didn't change him. They didn't ruin him when he came in in January at the Royal Rumble. They've just made him stronger. They've made the guy a legit superstar up against the likes of like John Cena, who just buries every type of competition that he faces for the last 10 plus years. But with AJ Styles, the creative team over there at WWE has booked the guy like a winner. They've booked the guy like a legit competitor. I mean, and, and AJ Styles, to his credit, has been on fire. In-ring performances have been on fire. His mic work, which I'm even more impressed with. AJ Styles, if you know the wrestler, if you watched his work for the past 10 years or plus or whatever the case may be, his in-ring work is a given. That's why they that's why you know his name is the phenomenal AJ Styles. You know, the guy is phenomenal. I mean, you got about four or five different finishes with him. Pele kick and Styles Clash and Phenomenal Forearm now and Muscle Buster. I mean, not Muscle Buster, that's sorry, that's Samoa Joe's, but Calf Buster, all these different things he got. And his in-ring work has never been a doubt. But his mic work has been the issue with him. When it came to his career until now, his mic work has been phenomenal. Not to, you know, wear out that pun. He's been really good on the mic, especially his segments with John Cena. You know, he's been really good. And it's like the guy, he's in his late 30s, but it seems like he's in, he's entered, he just entered his prime. I don't even know how this, I mean, that's been very rare when it comes to wrestlers. You know, usually they're leaving their prime in their late uh, 30s. But it looks like AJ Styles is just entering his prime, and he's in his late 30s. So it'll be very interesting to see going forward what happens with him and his character and how it develops uh, now that he's, he's still holding the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I'd like to see what they do uh, for this triple threat at No Mercy. I think it's this Sunday. Um, but I would like to see what happens in that match with him versus Dean Ambrose and John Cena. If I'm WWE creative, I am not at all allowing John Cena to win that, that championship. Um, I'm allowing AJ Styles to win however he wins and carry on the title and keep the momentum building up because he's become the best, not just the best wrestler in a company, no, excuse me, not just the best heel in a company right now, but the best wrestler in a company right now. It's AJ Styles, without a doubt. But yeah, that's all I have for this week, episode 8 for the Voice Junkie Podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening to this. You can reach me back at The Trendaholic on Twitter, at Facebook, at The Trendaholic. 
Um, you can reach me personally on Twitter as well, at Charles A. West. Um, and you know what? Another plug for the Voice Junkie podcast when it comes to supporting the podcast. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you've made it to this far, <laughs> you know, you, you're definitely, man, you're definitely the type of people that I want to talk to if you made it this far. But, yeah, if you like the show and you made it this far, then why not support the show? Go to patreon.com slash the trendaholic and pledge an amount. Become a you know, become a Patreon of the of the podcast. Donate a quarter an episode, that'll be fine. A dollar that a quarter an episode is a dollar a month. You know, just think about the type of things that you spend for a dollar. I'm sure it's a bunch of crap. You know? So yeah, support the show. Even if it's a dollar a month. If it's five dollars a month, man oh man, you guys would be the greatest. You guys would be the greatest ever. I would do I would be cutting promos with you guys and everything. You know, washing your cars for five bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> I mean maybe, maybe not. But anyway, yeah, dollar a month would definitely help out the podcast. Um and, and so on that note, thanks for listening. Tune in next week. I'll holla. <laughs>